Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Corinthians 15, 3, Paul wrote, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, He was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, He was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, He was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. Why do I read that? He's alive. Jesus wants us to know him. He died on the cross for our sins, but rose again and was seen alive by many of his followers. In today's message, Pastor Robert reads 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, where witnesses who saw Jesus after his resurrection are recorded. Jesus is alive and we can know him. What a blessing. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert with part five of today's message from the book of Hebrews chapter one. They stopped, they wouldn't let me in the door. They stopped me at the door. I was 14 years old, 15 years old maybe. My hair was too long. Yes, I did have hair. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was shoulder length, you know, 70s. And, and this, this older guy, he's like, nope, you're not coming in here. Get a haircut. Storming outside, you know, thunderstorm. My baby sister was already in the gym. My parents had dropped me off, and they were headed home 30, 40 miles away and totally misrepresenting the heart of God. Do you understand that? totally misrepresenting the heart of God. I had an usher a few years ago. One of our ushers was telling me, you know, that that he had stopped a guy from coming in the church because he was drunk. And I said, no, don't stop them. Bring them in. But he's drunk. Well, as long as he's quiet and drunk, (laughs) that's okay. The issue is is not the drunkenness. As long as he behaves himself, as long as there's no disruption, sometimes people, you know, they get, you know, either happy or angry, you know, when when they're inebriated. Well, no, we're not going to allow disruption. But, hey, for some reason, this drunk came to church. That's not the first place I would have gone back in the day when I was drunk. I would have been avoiding churches, you know what I mean, out of conviction. By the way, if you're one of those people that, you know, you, you really enjoy people, or you wish you did, we need always people greeting people, representing God in that way, because He's knowable, and He wants people to know that He's knowable, that He's not mad at them, that He's compassionate toward them. 
that he wants to help them. You see, through the prophets, God emphasized his holiness, his justice. In Christ, he's emphasizing his love and his mercy as well. He's still emphasizing the holiness, still emphasizing justice. But he's shining a light on the mercy, the grace, the love, its desire to be known. 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Paul wrote, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Why do I read that? He's alive today. You can know him today. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus himself said, Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. John 14, 15, he told us, I'm gonna, my spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to be inside you. Do you ever think about that? You know, when, when you pray, when you pray, he, if, if his spirit has moved in, if you've asked him to make you a part of the family, forgive your sins and, 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 and be your Lord, he put his spirit inside you. So when you pray, you're not praying to a God that's way off out there somewhere. No, he moved in. He's right here, right now. When you pray, he's with you. It's amazing. And the Bible says he sends his angels to minister to you, but he himself is in you and with you. And, and, and by the way, that's point number three as we bring this to a conclusion. He says Jesus is so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you're my son? Today I've begotten you, and I will be to him a father. He shall be to me a son. You know, angel worship is something that is... It seems to be some kind of prevalent today. It's not really a new thing, but I never heard that much about it when I was a kid. It's these days, I know a couple of people that they're, they're focused on the angel. You know the word angel just means messenger? Focused on the messenger. It's kind of like worshiping the UPS guy. In Luke chapter 4, verse 5, we're told the devil, taking Jesus up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Satan's an, he's an angel he, created by Jesus. And, and, but he's saying to Jesus, you know, this is, this is all mine. I'll give it to you if you'll just bow before me. And Jesus didn't argue the fact that it was all his, that he had authority at that time. He didn't argue that. He simply said, no, no, there's only one worthy of worship. The scriptures say, worship the Lord your God. Only him. That rules out everybody else, right? Only him. It rules out Mary. Rules out the angels. 
it rules out everybody else. The world remains in rebellion. The Bible tells us that all authority now belongs to Jesus Christ. He took it back. See, Satan didn't understand. The whole mission was to take it away from him, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And so Hebrews tells us, even, you know, even the soldiers that drove the nails, even the very nails themselves were held together by the word of his power. All authority is his. It's all him. And yet Philippians 2.8 declares, being, a, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, he, he is... He is. He exists. He's spoken as well. And he's knowable. He loves you with an eternal love. The question is, what will you do with that knowledge? What will you do with that? Will you continue in, in rebellion like so many in our world today? You know, so many Christians are living that way. Little rebellion, you know, little rebellions, like a teenager, you know, that just got to rebel a little bit. Push the envelope. No, no, no. He, he's, trying to, he's trying to love you. He wants to, he wants to actively love you. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know Him. And some of you need to know Him. Some of you that are here today, you only know about Him. But I, I'm, I'm asking you today, if you've never moved beyond knowing about God into knowing God... He really, really wants you to know Him. He really wants that. He wants it so badly that He came and became a man and submitted Himself to be tortured to death to make it possible for you to know Him, to be, to be made part of His family, to have His own spirit inside you. He did everything. The only thing that's, that's necessary is that you want that relationship with Him. And if you do, all you have to do is ask. chase after so much in this world, the best job, the perfect family, the prestige and fame that we think will satisfy. But will it ever be enough? These worldly achievements may seem like exactly what we want, but in the end, we can't take them with us to heaven. These things can also become idols in our lives, becoming more important than our Savior. As we've studied the book of Hebrews, we've been warned that nothing should take the place of Jesus in our lives. Nothing else and no one else will give us lasting satisfaction. Our lives should focus first on the Savior, allowing Him to direct our steps in all things. We are so glad you tuned in today to Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast and download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. Come and follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel Miami Beach. Find links to our accounts at our website, 
MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Hebrews, right here on Main Thing Radio. Main Thing Radio.